Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our newest podcast. And this one's going to be a uh, really interesting one. It's a topic that's unusual, coronary artery aneurysms. And one might think you don't see them very often, and that was kind of my thought. But when I was looking to put together some work for RSNA 2008, I looked through my files, and sure enough, we've had a bunch of them. And since then, we seem to have one on what seems to be a biweekly basis. There's no doubt as coronary CT becomes more of a practical application and people are using it in clinical practice, these are one of the entities that we're going to see. It's important to be able to understand what they are, when they more commonly occur, and what do you do about them. And this will be that uh, review. This is going to be part of an RSNA exhibit for RSNA 2008. So first of all, what's a coronary artery aneurysm? Well, it's defined as an increase of 50% or greater in a coronary artery diameter compared to adjacent segments, so a 50% or more increase. Statistically, it most commonly involves the right coronary artery and second most commonly the LAD. In my experience, I've seen a lot of them in the LAD. Um, and there's no doubt as we use coronary CT, we're going to see them more frequently. Now, there are a number of different causes for coronary artery aneurysms. And I'll show you a list, but they range from vascular conditions that are unusual, Kawasaki's or Takayashi's aortitis, and I'll give you more details on those in a moment, to atherosclerotic disease, to iatrogenic or traumatic causes, you know, post-catheterization might be a cause, to infection. In terms of numbers, in the United States, atherosclerotic disease is the most common cause of coronary artery aneurysms, but worldwide, it's Kawasaki's disease. And here's a list, Kawasaki's, atherosclerosis, Takayashi's, infection, congenital, and a lot of strange things, polyarthritis nodosa, Lowy's Dietz, and on and on. Also, in this age of drug abuse, cocaine use would be one of the other things. So let's look at a couple etiologies. So Kawasaki's disease is uncommon, but it's an entity. It occurs in children younger than five years with a peak under age two. It's more common in males and more common in Asians, particularly Japanese. It's an acute febrile illness that occurs in children, also known as mucocutaneous lymph node syndrome. Typically, the way you make the diagnosis is fever for five or more days without a specific cause and four of the following findings, bilateral conjunctival injection, mucous membrane changes, classically the strawberry tongue, and extremity abnormalities including erythema of the palms or soles, edema of the hands or feet, there's a rash, and cervical lymphadenopathy. With Kawasaki's disease, many systems are involved, but particularly the cardiac. And cardiac abnormalities range from pericardial effusions and mitral regurge in almost one-third of cases to myocarditis, aortitis with aortic regurge, congestive heart failure, and coronary aneurysms. If you look at the numbers, coronary aneurysms um, occur in about 25% of patients who are treated with aspirin alone or with no treatment. So it's a very frequent complication of Kawasaki's disease. Aneurysms typically develop within two weeks of the disease onset with a 2% mortality rate. The aneurysms are more common in the proximal than distal coronary arteries. These aneurysms may thrombose, resulting in sudden death. Uh, these complications do decrease with aggressive management, and typical proper management is aspirin and intravenous immunoglobulin, and in that situation, you'll drop the percent of aneurysms for 25 to around 5%. And here's just a couple examples. Here's one case of an 11-year-old boy whose Kawasaki's was diagnosed as an as a infant. He now complained of episodic midsternal chest pain, and you can see in this case, there's a small 
or eight millimeter sized aneurysm of the left main coronary artery and you can see it very nicely so cardiac CTA is really good in this application now that's a smaller aneurysm here's another patient with Kawasaki's with what was considered giant aneurysms this patient is on Coumadin and is on aspirin and they're trying to determine what's going on well you can see in this case I've given you two images one the proximal to mid right coronary and one the distal right coronary and you can see aneurysms in both what you also see in this case when you look carefully is the aneurysm wall the wall of the coronary artery is beginning to calcify and of course these are the ones you really have to worry they're very large the potential for rupture now what's about the accuracy is CTA the way to go well here was an article on 16 slice CT a spiral CT was performed in 16 adolescents and young adults with Kawasaki's to look at the coronaries. 96% of the studies were done well uh, in terms of looking at the segments. Sensitivity of CT was 100% and for specific stenosis and occlusion, 87%. False positive results due to severe calcification were present in five cases and, uh, and then due to cardiac motion in two. So the specificity also was very high. And in this article, conclusion was that uh, you can do great studies. And again, this was at the 16 slice level. Think about 64 slice where in regular patients, we do so much better. Think about in the pediatric patients. So we're talking sensitivity of multi-slice CT. In this article, to detect aneurysms with 100%, and I'm not sure we can do 110%, but it makes the point that 64 slice will make this indeed very easy, and it should be state-of-the-art. Second entity is Takayashu's disease, or Takayashu's aortitis, and it's a granulomatous inflammatory process that affects medium and large vessels, typically like the aorta and its branches, particularly the left subclavian. Uh, typically, you get concentric wall thickening with resultant stenosis of the vessel, and occasionally aneurysmal dilatation may occur. In cross-sections is where you see the wall thickening of the vessel. Coronary arteries, we don't think about that in Takayashu's disease, but it does get involved in about 15% of cases with 3D imaging really very nice in that application. A couple comments, uh, Takayashu's disease, patients are typically under 30 more common in females by an 8 to 1 ratio. Treatment is typically corticosteroids. If that's unsuccessful, then more aggressive uh, uh, therapy, cyclophosphamide and methotrexate can be used. Angioplasty or bypass is reserved for very select cases because these patients get multiple vessel involvement. And here's a 16-year-old with Takayashu's, severe chest pain. This is an acute setting, rule out dissection. Uh, you can see there's no dissection, but look at the left main coronary artery, and I'll show it to you in a few different images. The left main coronary artery is dilated, aneurysmal dilatation, which we had shown several years earlier as well. And here's just another view showing you the vessels off the arch, the kind of grayness around the left subclavian and carotid and right subclavian, very, very classic for Takayashu's aortitis. If we go back to that uh, uh, list I had of illustrative type things that do cause coronary artery aneurysms, let's cover a few others. Here's a case of a 27-year-old female with symptoms of increasing fatigue, pulsations in her left chest. She also has a persistent left SVC, but look at her circumflex coronary artery. Look how large that coronary artery is. It's basically two to three times the size of her LAD. This is again aneurysmal dilatation, and you can see I have the arrows pointing to the contrast in the persistent left SVC. Very nice example. Or this case, look at that 
aneurysm. This is a true aneurysm coming off the circumflex. This is an 87-year-old hypertension, new chest pain, a two-centimeter aneurysm. Look how the contrast basically pulls in that aneurysm. Here's a few more views of it. Um, surgery was contemplated, potentially bypassing this vessel or resecting the aneurysm, but the patient figured that she did not want to go through that. So she signed that AMA, but a very nice example. Or this case, another atherosclerotic case. Look at this aneurysm of the circumflex coronary artery. In this case, this patient has increasing chest pain. We can see very nicely that the circumflex is patent with the aneurysm surrounding it. Very nicely shown on the curved planar reconstruction and volume rendered views. These are, of course, the volume rendered views. Uh, at this point, this patient is being followed uh, and being managed on uh, medication, but good visualization of that vessel, and again, look at that aneurysm surrounding the circumflex coronary artery. Another case, this patient's an interesting one, long history of coronary artery disease with increasing angina. Look at this patient's right coronary artery aneurysm. Uh, there's a calcification centrally, the vessels thrombosed. It's interesting, on the patient's angiogram, uh, there's disease in the LAD and patient needed bypass, but uh, the patient's report of the right coronary was the right coronary is small and poorly visualized. They didn't see the aneurysm because it was thrombosed, of course. We saw it on CT, and the surgeon very nicely saw it at time of surgery, and in fact put that in the post-op report, and this was in fact resected. The patient was bypassed. Now, the last few cases I showed you are atherosclerotic, and the patients did present with increasing symptoms. So often with patients with coronary artery aneurysms, increasing chest pain, increasing discomfort. Occasionally there will be an acute presentation. And in fact, of course, coronary artery aneurysms can rupture. They rupture, the patient's going to die, okay? Uh, you may see acute cases related to Takayashu's disease or Kawasaki's disease or infection. But um, it's rare to be able to see a case like the following. Patient comes in with left shoulder pain, which is increasing. Patient comes to the ER and becomes hypotensive in the ER. We do a CT. Look at that bright blush. That's a left anterior descending coronary artery aneurysm, and it's surgery that had ruptured. Look at the hemopericardium on that image and on this image. And this patient was very, very, very lucky because it was a contained rupture of the LAD aneurysm. There was blood in the pericardium, which was probably causing tamponade. Look at that beautiful example. This patient went to surgery, and the patient did fine. Very unusual case. Now, the patient did have dengue disease, D-E-N-G-U-E, -E, about 10 years earlier. And did this lead to the aneurysm? Definitely a possibility. I mentioned before cocaine use, and I'll just make the point that patients with history of cocaine abuse have an increased prevalence of coronary artery aneurysms. These patients appear to be at increased risk for an acute MI. And we've seen this. You get vasculitis in cocaine abusers. You also get, you get coronary artery stenosis. Dr. Lai has written a number of articles with us about this, uh, speaking about these patients get significant stenosis but don't have any distinct calcification. Uh, another example, another cause I mentioned was patients who have surgery. This is an interesting case. This was a patient who had anomalous left coronary at birth, and she had a repair and now is having increasing chest pain. This is literally about 30 years later. And we can see very nicely on the sequence of images is that both the circumflex and LAD are dilated. Very, very nice example of coronary artery aneurysms. And this was secondary to post-operative change. 
or this case of a patient who had an aortic root repair, this is a Marfan's patient, was now again having increased chest pain, and now had a at surgery had this button aneurysm which was repaired uh, at the site of anastomosis. Now, what's the management of patients with coronary artery aneurysms? Well, sometimes the acute setting, obviously, or in a case like this with a button aneurysm, it's typically going to be intervention. Um, medical therapy is commonly used, and I showed you cases of that, anticoagulant therapy and antiplatelet agents. But if drug therapy fails, the aneurysm is enlarging, then coronary artery bypass grafting with resection of the aneurysm or stent placement are alternatives. And each patient is managed on the individual basis. And again, cardiac CT makes that management a whole lot easier. So concluding, in this exhibit, we've shown you a wide range of coronary artery aneurysms. Sometimes there's a clinical history. You know, if a patient has Kawasaki's disease, you're going to see it in 25% of cases. Other times, there's a patient with chest pain where you're examining a patient for rule out dissection, rule out PE, rule out coronary artery stenosis, but you're not thinking about aneurysms. And hopefully, this uh, presentation will make you think about aneurysms and when they occur and how you diagnose them. And with that, I'd like to wish you a great day.